art can be anything. Um, I think sometimes even just doing what you do um, can be an art, even if it's like work or, or something like that. But um, for me, art is uh, taking the time to do something creative, and that can be a lot of different things. I think of my community organizing as an art form as well. Um, but the trick for me is just to take the time to do it. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Art, art can be organizing. Art can be yarn. Art can be music. Art can be teaching. Art can be all sorts of things. I really love that. Absolutely. I, I absolutely love that. On this episode of the My Not Arts podcast, our guest today is a local community organizer, um, fiber arts crafts person, musician, entrepreneur, and all-around terrific person, Jasmine Schultz. Um, on this episode, we'll be asking Jasmine a few questions and having a conversation about local art. So thank you for joining us. And Jasmine, say hello to the folks. Hey, folks. All right. I'm your host, Justin, <laughs> and along with... I am Shandell. Yeah. And the Minot Arts <laughs> Broadcast is brought to you by the Minot Area Council of the Arts, where Shandell and I work and play and enjoy life generally. And Jasmine is a tremendous partner with us on a variety of things. So thanks for joining us today, Jasmine. Thanks for having me. All right. So jumping right into things, uh, we're going to start with a nice uh, little easy set of questions for you here. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you became involved in in the arts sure um how far back i mean it starts in third grade uh i can Perfect. give you yeah um i auditioned for to be in the school talent show at burlington deluxe elementary uh, and i go lakers. go lakers um i ended up uh getting a spot i guess and uh seeing a whole new world naturally because my name is jasmine um i sang both parts and uh, I did an acapella when I auditioned, and my, my music teacher at the time, Mrs. Mo, found um, music for me, paid for probably out of her own pocket, let's be honest, um, found the music for me um, so she could play with me and accompany me, and then the rest is really history. The uh, talent show happened. I was well-received by my classmates. I had had a hard time moving into the school I was from. Perkett Elementary, moving into a rural school. I was not well-liked in the beginning. Um, and music sort of paved the way for me to have an easier time. Um, and so it kind of all starts there. And obviously, I was I was encouraged uh, from that point on to continue doing it by important music teachers and just the people in my life. Um, and then as I got older, I started pursuing uh music. I started guitar lessons with Rick Campbell in town here, and um, I started trying to write my own songs. So by the time I was uh, probably a senior, I was a habitual jewel coverer and also <laughs> um, nice. moving towards trying to write my own songs um, and playing some shows um, at uh, there were a variety of like small music venues um, in town and I was playing shows everywhere. I was actually just telling someone the other day that like the first album I, I 
produced, I got out into the world. I think I there's 1,200 copies of it somewhere. <laughs> and then, then we were talking about how embarrassing, how embarrassing it is to have 1,200 copies of your first album out, and it's just like kind of cringy. You know, you're like, there, that's so much, but good on me, I guess. Pass me. Sure. Um, uh, so I released that did I played a lot I took every invitation to play anywhere and then slowly but surely I got involved in uh community organizing events like music events specifically I was asked to help with uh rock the leaves I helped um do concerts usually they were for benefits so it kind of got me involved with a lot of the community people uh and would play special events, fundraisers, and that sort of naturally started uh, my community organizing part of this equation um, because I realized I could do that and my music, make a difference in the community, do things I was excited about. So that kind of started the whole organizing part of it, and I became part of Pangea House, which is a small music venue um, run by or so revolving individuals over time um and we uh rented out spaces at the rare age of 18 and 19 years old and each of us paid 40 dollars a month for it to exist and then we started booking in acts throughout um i guess the united states the country people from all over and that just kind of scoots me into kind of where I am now, which is I organize for the bakery that I part own with Travis and Brandy and Zach, my husband. Um, we were all in a band together, which then resulted in dreaming together, I guess, about bakeries. And then here we are. So it's it's a very, very long tale, but it, it starts in elementary school and getting confidence and kind of grows into what it is today, which is an amalgamation of a lot of different things. That's a beautiful answer. The bakery, of course, is Prairie Sky Breads. If you're not familiar, um, stop in downtown. Why not? I really love how like music led to bread and <laughs> and how it's like a revolving cycle of just like bread leads to music and art, and it just keeps going back. It's great. Sure, I mean, you 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 have to feed yourself, <laughs> <laughs> literally and figuratively, feeding your passions. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It and it's 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 funny how many things that music has gotten me involved in, um, and how many people I've met through that. Um, it's an interesting uh tale, I guess. It's an interesting thing. So with the work that you've done both in community organizing and as a musician, because you've traveled quite a bit through Vanity Plate and um other things that you've done. Uh, you mentioned the rural school, the small school out at DLB. Um, how does how does the rural aspect of life as an artist, uh, how does it affect you? Is it a positive, negative? Um, obviously, it's going to be some probable combination of things. How, how, do you, how do you define your experience as an artist in a rural community? Yeah, um, I think... Living in a rural community uh, is a playground for becoming a stronger artist because a lot of times there aren't as many opportunities readily available to you, and so you have to create a lot of those opportunities. Um, I, I think so. In a lot of ways, I think it made me a much stronger artist. I think that um, I can work on a budget that some people think is asinine um, because 
uh, <laughs> I, I just had to, in order to create all of those, those things. Um, I think it has made my personal relationships with people stronger. I mean, people make this arts community go around, around here. Um, and so you get to know people who can do the things that you need to them to do. And oftentimes it's not on a budget that they deserve. They deserve a lot more money, but you guys are all working together towards a common goal. Um, I, so I think in a lot of ways it, it has made me who I am. It's made me a much better, stronger community organizer, artist. Um, I think if I would have went to like a minor public school, I think I may have been more, I, I maybe would have done more theater. I would have been a stronger theater artist than I, I ended up going to college for it, but I didn't even know how to audition when I got, <laughs> got to college, you know? So, um, I think, I, I think I would have maybe I don't been, know that a, I've ever been told how to audition. Yeah, I don't yeah. think I ever do it right. Either, I think I maybe so. would have had more skills, you know, and we never did a musical or anything like that in Burlington. I think that was really the real reason why I ended up acting to begin with was so that I could sing, which sounds silly, but, um, and, and do music calls. Um, sure. mm-hmm. and so, uh, yeah, I think that, I think I would have probably honed more skills had I had like a not so rural um, bringing up, but at the same time, like I had a great theater teacher. I had great opportunities um, to be in a variety of different things in the small school that I was in. So like I have a very wide background that makes me just a better artist in general, a better theater artist. So, you know, it's, six and a half of the dozen, whatever that, that term is like, you know, it could, it could go either way. And I think that I'm just, I am thankful to have been brought up, um, and to have had music, I guess, to do all of those, um, things for me. This living in a community this small is super new to me. And, um, I've been, and I told Justin this when I first started working here, that like I've been blown away by the abundant opportunity to experience the arts here in Minot. Um, but I've also like heard people talk about like the challenges of being an artist or being a performer in such a small community. And I was wondering, um, you know, especially somebody who brings musical acts in, like what do you think are some of the challenges, um, but also like some of the benefits of being of, of, of the type of community that we live in being so small as an artist and as somebody who brings artists in. Don't get me wrong. I, <laughs> I, I think that the musicians and the people and the artists that are here are as big of a deal as anywhere else in the world. I think that I, I always try to cheerlead the people here. Um, so, um, very frequently people who come here are blown away also by the opportunities and the amount of things that we have going on that are self-created, self-propelled, um, done without any grants, et cetera, et cetera. There's so much here and on any given weekend you could, you know, throw a dart and hit like 10 things to do that are arts related. Um, so I guess we have a lot going on for such a small area. Um, that's, that's a benefit. Um, I think that previously, and I think you guys are doing some things to change that. I think there was just like maybe not as much know-how on how to like get some grant funding and things like that, that could really help, um, projects go or just provide some support, um, resources, people, connections to people that could make things happen. Um, 
I don't know if I'm answering this question. I, I so I, I think that there are are a lot. There's a lot going on here. It is is interesting and amazing, and people from all over who have you know live in California, big places, say all the time that that this blows anything they have out of the water. I don't know if I answered that question. No, I think you did. Um, I think that it makes sense that like finding money or finding the right connections would be a challenge um, when like you're working with a smaller pool. Um, I wonder, um, do you, and do you think that coming from a smaller community where you know more people, um, you have more community support and more opportunity to have like backing than you might if you had grown up or started making music in a bigger community? And do you think that that has impacted your ability to like continue on and the longevity of, of what you're doing? It's like big fish, small pond, right? little fish, big pond. Um, is that, I think that's what it is. Um, I do think that there is a benefit to knowing a lot of people and then also knowing a lot of artists and it being a smaller place. Um, I think it's easier to get some name recognition. Like when I started playing, I was asked to play things all the time, like all the time. And I think that the word of mouth spreads a little bit easier in a smaller community. I think also maybe opportunities are more readily given to you, even though you haven't quote unquote earned them. Like I think in bigger places, it's harder to break in and to get opportunities than it is although I would argue that we created those opportunities in a lot of cases. Um, and so I think that it probably is a, a lot harder. And there's always the overhead, too, of, of doing things. Like I don't think I ever could have rented a property in downtown anywhere else um, when I was 19 years old <laughs> uh, to throw music shows in. Um, and so I think, you know, it being a smaller place, us knowing people, the people – um, on Main Street who did know us advocating for us as being like good kids um, when people were scared of us, you know, things like that, that I think did work out in our favor. Um, and I think that people in mine are, are, they're willing to um, get excited about projects and maybe, you know, not just the arts community, but I think at large people are, are excited about people doing things. And so um, I think that, that, helps to I think you had a good uh, a good point with the uh, creating your own opportunities um, having the small community even though for the size of our city it's a big community but we still have access to being able to create our own opportunities and have that there's also accessibility to the arts that we have that other other areas don't. I've heard a couple times now people, California or other larger metropolitan places that get asked all the time, oh, you must be able to see everything while you're there. And they say, well, no, I live in a suburb of a million people. And if I want to see any of this stuff, I'm traveling two hours. And we often think up here in rural America that when we have to drive two hours to something, it's unusual because you know we have to go all the way to bismarck to accomplish this but no other you know people have to deal with that 
Yeah, I definitely think that like in larger communities that I've lived in, like it's nothing to drive an hour and a half to go see a concert, but you have to have the time to drive an hour and a half to go see a concert. Whereas here it's like, okay, after dinner you can like, you know, this summer, or I guess it was this fall when we had not stock here, like we ate dinner with the kids and then went and saw the concert in the evening and then got to go home and it was, you know, 10 minutes away. And I think that there's a real benefit to having that. Um that ease and then, you know, the importance of the access accessibility um, and the, just the pricing of being able to enjoy like really, really good performances and really high quality art that, um, I mean, I wasn't expecting to find here. And so it's, it's really cool to be able to have that all here at our disposal. Yes. So how would you say your connection to Minot has developed and how has that influenced what you do uh, uh, Minot's culture and the community um, how, how do you how do you how do you lay out your connection there and how do you use this for what you do I think it has connected me to a variety of different organizations and people um, my I always talk about arts as like a corridor to to the connections and the people, um, it, it like accidentally, it was like sort of my gateway into, into organizing in general and to meeting a lot of different people and to getting involved in a lot of different organizations in this town. Um, so I was, you know, I was teased. It was like, it's, it started and it was about music, but slowly but surely I started creating connections with people. Um, and, and it, opened a lot of doors for me in a variety of different aspects, but, um, it has taught me a lot. So I, you know, I'm involved with the food pantry and I'm involved with like a variety of different activities and I, you know, have done some things for Prairie Grit all through music, but I got to know about those things because I, I got involved. And so it just connected me to people and organizations that, are very cool and doing great things. So it's just made um, my connection to the community and its people a lot stronger. And I guess it's like a byproduct. I guess it's not something that you'd always expect to happen, um, but it's it's connected me for sure to everyone and everything in this town. I wonder great. how typical that is. Like, if are I wonder if the arts are just like a pipeline to like real community action. It's a gateway drug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and i'm sure that there are ways that like in which you know and alternate pipelines of course but um it really does seem like especially in this community like the people who are thinking creatively and creating things want to share that experience with other people and want to be doing things to help others and and working together well time and time i i i've read so many articles about like what you want in a community when you want to accomplish things or solve problems, you need artists because you can have your city planners and your architects and your engineers all tackling a problem, but it's when you bring the artist in, they look at it a different way. They have a creative solution and all of a sudden you have something else. And that leads into, you know, statistics that show, you know, communities that have a lot of, 
like support for the arts are more resilient communities. They respond better to tragic events. They, you know, are able to organize better, like all those things end up wrapping around the arts and the level of arts in a community can actually have a huge impact on some of the problem solving and resiliency things that we need to look at. Well, you just, what galvanizes people? Songs. Right. Um, what gets people to act? Um, oftentimes it's an artistic expression of some sort. It's, it's a m- music, you know, it's movies. It's something that helps you think about something differently. So arts is just a way to galvanize people and get them all on the same page. Oftentimes in the past it was songs that everyone sang together or um, activities, you know, that they all participated in together, like festivals, harvest festivals, things like that. And so arts is interestingly, and I think intriguingly, um, a, a movement, you know, like it, it helps propel action and, and helps people kind of decide to do things. Arts is the great instigator. I'm going to ask this, I'm going to shift from what we have in front of us here just a little bit. I think you're the right person to ask this question to also. What would you like to see as the arts impact on our community? I I feel like arts funding and um, resources given to arts is something that is getting better in this community. And I feel like um, the more we do that, I think we're just going to see an even greater, I mean, community pride. I think a lot of like um, love for being in a place, um, placemaking, if you will, comes through um, arts events. Um, And so... I like I like to see us invest in arts. I like to see us do things um, like give funding or resources to that. And I think I've seen a lot more of that recently, part in part to a lot of the work that you guys are doing. Um, maybe also because my friends are just getting older and <laughs> we know what we're doing a little bit more, um, which is <laughs> nice. Uh, I don't I don't know, but I I really I believe wholeheartedly that arts experiences and arts events just creates a stronger place, a stronger community. And so I guess I, I like to see that we're, we're giving some resources to that. And I know that's sort of a contentious thing, but if we just, I urge people to kind of think about like how often we're consuming Netflix, how often, you know, we go, we don't go without hearing music in a store. All of those things needed to be created Um, And a lot of times, even like the special events and the times that we remember most in our life are surrounding a lot of like, I went to a concert with my mom and dad, or, you know, I did something cool. Um, It usually and often is, is surrounding art. And so I like to see that, that we're putting some resources and some of our community efforts into um, creating those opportunities to um, make those things stronger and to create connections. Cause I think ultimately, you know, art creates connections, connections make us all stronger. There's a lot of like statistics and things that say that people are happier if they're more connected to people. And I think arts is a way to do that. 
Um, and so I think that it's money well spent and I think that it's good that we're doing it. Yes. And if you want to find out how to give resources <laughs> to the arts community in Minot, contact Justin Chandel at the Minot Area Council of the Arts. Um, no, I'm going to follow up. I know you grabbed the mic, but I'm going to follow up. What impact do you, Jasmine, want to have on the Minot community? Again, um, I, I know I went to college for theater arts, and I remember boldly being a dumb sophomore in college trying to um, – I just really wanted someone – in my life to tell me exactly why I was spending money and pursuing a theater degree. Cause I'm also a very like logical person. Like what effect does this have? Um, and very quickly I started to, to realize that, um, again, that the theater and art made people feel like they had a place to belong, a community made people feel like they, people cared about them. Um, and so I guess the impact that I would like to have is I would like to create these events so that people feel like they belong. They feel like they want to stay in the world. They feel like they, um, matter. They feel like their silly, goofy song is being heard. So I just want to create space for those kinds of things to happen and for those connections to be made. That's the impact I would like to have. So you've talked a lot about, um, your collaborations within the community and um, working on projects with other entities. Do you have anything upcoming that you're excited about that you want to talk yeah, about? Yeah, she does. <laughs> I've always got something to do. In. Um, so yeah, so this latest thing uh, is, well, it's an amalgamation of things. So naturally I don't just do anything in a vacuum. Um, okay. So it's one part, our three year anniversary for Prairie Sky Brides um, some community events to sort of rally behind that fun thing that's happening. Um, it's also, I, three years ago, I was in uh, something called the change network. Um, and I was tasked with doing some sort of project in the community. Um, often arts based, um, it doesn't necessarily have to be. And I was given a small grant and I came up with the idea to do fight February, which is sort of a way to fight loneliness and the cold and the isolation that sort of happens in North Dakota naturally because of the very terrible weather. Um, and and so I've kind of smashed the two things together uh, for February. And I hope this is coming out before then, but it might not be. And that's okay, too. You can just know what happened. Um, <laughs> and uh, so I've decided I'm going to turn something we call the cave, which is the back room in the bakery, into the light room. And I'm going to do a, a interactive art piece installation, if you will. Um, I'm going to ask some local kids to create little um, advice buttons, I guess. I'm going to, so I purchased some buttons. Um, and what you're going to be able to do is you're going to go in that room, you can press the buttons, you can get some advice from small children. Um, oh, <laughs> yeah. And then I got some like um, greenery and stuff that I'm going to put all over the walls. And I'm going to put hopefully some like winter lights in there. And uh, some of my friends are going to create like a soundtrack. And it's going to be like nice calming music and I'm going to put transparency over the windows that are colored and it's just going to be like a very bright, fun, sunshiny room where you can push these buttons that give you fun uh, advice. Um, so that's the vision for the cave. And then I've just organized like, I don't know, a million events. Um, 
that are going to designed to help people make the choice to get out of the house for a little bit and to be with other people. And so there's just, you know, songwriting night, there's, um, uh, non-sports people play sports. That's me and all my friends. Uh, <laughs> we are going to play cornhole in the bakery and just in the middle of the bakery, you're going to move the tables and play cornhole. Uh, we did, uh, non-sports people play sports every year for our anniversary so far. And it's been very fun. We invite people in the community to just come lots of businesses that, you know, we make good connections and we become friends and, and that helps. I feel like all of downtown, uh, go a little bit better. Um, so yeah, just a lot of arts nights, crafts nights, anything I feel like. So that's, that's going to happen in, in February. I'm very excited about it. Um, where can people find more information, um, as you come out with the details for that? Um, I spent, uh, uh, everyone who's my Facebook friend probably got way too many friend requests, uh, or event requests, uh, the last, last week. So there were a couple there there's, yeah. So <laughs> there, there are events online on Facebook. I have a calendar created that is the Prairie Sky Brides Facebook cover page. So you can just go there. I'm going to try to put them, you know, on the Mac page. I've got to do a variety of other, um, publicity sort of things. Um, but I invite you to come out. It's, it's a fun time. I feel like getting out of the house is the main problem for all of us. But once we've done it, we are happy that we did it. Um, and so I would encourage you to, to push yourself a little bit to, to make that choice in February when it's negative 40. All right. I am going to, I'm going to give you a chance to explain this. Now you explain the change network and where it came from and everything like that, but the impetus behind fight February, why February, why are we fighting it? What are we fighting? Fight February. Why February? It is ungodly cold in North Dakota. It is so cold. And it's just kind of miserable. And at that point, you know, you've done a lot of cold. And sometimes you just kind of give up and you hang out in your house. Um, for better or for worse, it's so cold. I don't blame anyone for making that choice. Um, but I do think that it causes some loneliness and some blues. And um, so there's a lot of... I have even... I guess more reason now to try to, to help people who are feeling a little bit lonely. Um, my dad died by suicide. And so like I have some inner part of me that kind of wants to help people in those situations get out of them, um, before it's too late. So I have some of that. Why February? Why? It's just, it's so cold. It's so dreary. It's like, it's just, it's bad. So I think we just need a lot of opportunities to try to get out and make connections and, you know, talk with people who make us feel good. And, and I guess I'm just trying to create events that help people feel good at the end of it also, um, and opportunities for that. So this is Jasmine's answer, answer to fighting the winter blues in thorough Jasmine style <laughs> is what we're, <laughs> is what we can say. All right, so we have one final question for you. We'll let you tackle this. If you could make just one arts-related recommendation to someone either visiting or new to our community, what would it be? You can't see me, but I'm, like, pulling my eyeballs down right now. I have to tell you, <laughs> I have a pet peeve. And I have been on several podcasts. I've been on a podcast. You could find me on podcast 10 years ago saying this. Oh, yes, I know. <laughs> I got a bone to pick. 
I need you to just first assume that you are wrong. You are so wrong about the idea that there's nothing to do in this town. So wrong. And then I want you to go to the Maca website. I want you to go to visit <laughs> Mina. I want you to go to Facebook. I want you to just spend go. a literal minute just looking. Go to the Mina Public Library's website and know that all those things are free. I just want you to look around for 2.5 seconds and then, then the next step Actually take yourself, move your butt out of your chair to your car. And I want you to just try one. Just go to one before you hate on what is going on in this town. And then and then come back to me, report back. Um, You can email me and Facebook me. Or any, uh, My Facebook is wide open. You can go to my page. You, and part of the reason why it's wide open is because I'm constantly talking about events and the cool things that are going on in this town. You could go to my personal Facebook page and see all the things that I plan on doing in the next week and do any of and them. And it's a lot. And it's a lot. And and so, like, just do any of those things before you say there's nothing going on in this town. Thank you. My soapbox, I'm off. I'm off my soapbox. I think that was a wonderful answer. I have a, I have the same pet peeve, obviously. I wouldn't be doing the you, job you that I do. set me up for that. Do. I yeah. did. Yeah. yeah. Well... To be honest, Shandell found the question, so she set you up right. for that. But I well, knew exactly what I was going to get when I asked you. I can't fully take credit for it because AI gave me most of the questions. <laughs> so even the robots know I, that we are all being know. driven crazy by people who say there's nothing to do here. So, so I have I have the secondary thing on that too, and I kind of want to know what your what your thoughts on this are because the second most annoying thing that I hear in this town too, there's nothing to do is we need bigger things in Minot. Like, we need bigger acts to come, and we need bigger events to go out to. My response, I want to know if you agree, and I know the answer is going to be yes, but I want your take on it. My response is, if you don't show up for the stuff that we already have, we're never going to get anything bigger. If you don't sign up to go any, like, a week ahead of time, I don't, this is my other pet peeve. It's like, you have to have a lot of balls or like ovaries to stick with your event and watch it have no one like going, no one attending. Eventually it happens. My night, you come out, you come out the day before and you want mm -hmm. like to be able to get tickets at the door or something. But like, and I don't know how I'm supposed to serve you. First of all, like if it's, an event where I look online, I have no way of knowing who's attending. I don't know how I'm supposed to be able to like make all of the things, you know, accessible to you. I just need you to get some tickets ahead of time. And I need you to like show your support a little bit ahead of time so that we, we don't have to be so brave in, in our event planning and, and also so that we could plan to better serve you. So like, one it of the really things that is happened, an exercise in bravery, oh, isn't it? Oh, it's so scary. And, you know, then things like the food truck ha festival happen, and, and you know, they're blown out of the water with people. Like, right. how are you supposed to be able to plan to, like, serve 2,000? I don't even remember how much, many people it was. 2,000 people. I think people, they planned for 2,000, and they ended up with over Out of four. nowhere. I don't know whose fault that was. That wasn't an organizer's fault. Like, like things had happened the weekend before that were the exact same thing, and, like, two people came to it. So mm -hmm. I don't know how they were supposed to be able to like organize to, to meet that need. Anyways, it would be nicer and easier if we, we said we were going to an event 
we got tickets ahead of time. And that would allow better and bigger and more things to happen because they have, first of all, your seed money. Second of all, they can plan for you. And third of all, it can be a successful event because they've been able to organize to meet the need of the people that are going to come. So that would be my other suggestion and the way to allow bigger things to happen in this town is to show support early and often. Yeah, I, you and I have had the conversation about, you know, you have an event on Facebook so that people know if they're going to go and you want everybody to hit the interested button because that's going to get it in front of more faces and it's going to. So we want you to hit that you're interested in going. But at the same time, we look at 100 people interested in going and we never know if that means that there are going to be 15 people that show up or 150 people that show up. It You never know. Sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy, too. So things do better, too, if more people are interested, if they see more people are going. Um, Bigger, cooler things could happen in this town if if we showed some interest and we were Mm -hmm. cheerleaders about the things that were were going on. So that leads me to a question. If there was one thing that you could have in this community, one big, like, wish on a star – like concert or exhibit or space or something, anything, and you could make that happen, what would that thing be? No holds barred, no budget restrictions. If like, and something could come to this town? Yeah. Uh, I would want to see Hades town. Ooh. <laughs> I... That, but I want old school. I don't want the new Broadway version. I want the version that was created out of DIY friends knowing each other. I want, I want the Anais Mitchell beginning version to happen in this town. That would be so cool. And so part of that, the part of the, what I love so much about that particular thing is like, it reminds me of me and my friends and my theater friends. Um, and it's, it's become such a huge, big thing. And it just, be really fun to see um it happened it was just a bunch of creatives getting together doing what they did best and then it created this thing that now is in new york so that's a particular event um but obviously i would just love to see um i want every small diy project that my friends have to be fully funded that's what i want that's beautiful all right i'm gonna flip it just a little bit permanent installation or structure what physical thing do you believe my not needs? I don't know. <laughs> I just want all my people's things fully funded. That's what I want. I think they exist already. That's my answer. I think I, they exist already, but they need funding. Yeah. So I want Summer Theater to get full funding. I want the kayak park to happen. I want, um, and I want there to be music and socialization around the kayak park. And I want the alley behind Prairie Sky Reds to have a troll in it. And I want, um, I think that's our answer. I, yeah. Yeah. yeah, That's the answer. I don't know. There's like, I, I just, I truly, truly believe it's already here. I think we just need to invest in the ideas of the people that are already exist. Once again, if you want to find out about investing in the art community in Minot, you can contact Justin and Chandel at the Minot Area Council. <laughs> I say that tongue-in-cheek, and of course, we are a nonprofit, and we always want funding, but we're always happy to talk to people about where their funding can go. They don't have to donate to us. We can lead them in a variety of directions for projects or organizations that you can help. 
Jasmine, thank you for joining us today for episode one of the Minot Arts podcast, your map to fantastic adventures. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed our antics today and would like to hear more from us, we'd greatly appreciate you leaving a review or subscribing via whatever platform it is that you're listening to podcasts on. The Mind on Arts podcast is hosted by Justin Anderson and Shindel Latin, is presented as a program of the Minot Area Council of the Arts in Minot, North Dakota, and is produced by Brandon Tronson of More Than Music. This project is supported in part by grant from the North Dakota Council on the Arts, which receives funding from the state legislature and the National Endowment for the Arts. Thank you again for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us or any of our programming, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram or online at minotarts.org. Thank you.